Hey, Ty Brady here with Brady Insurance Marketing in the Ty Brady Way, one of the nation's largest field marketing organizations that helps independent agents achieve a six and seven figure income with the systems and strategies that I'm going to talk about with you today. Welcome back to another episode of the Ty Brady Way. Today I'm here interviewing Stephanie Huser. You know, I, I'm, I've been wanting to do this one for a while because I want to get her perspective and see how she got talked into the industry and see how they kind of see if she was strong armed or how that all worked. So, <laughs> Stephanie, we've known each other for a while. I mean, I've got to know you a lot more since Scott came on board and started competing against me. But, you know, uh, how did how did this journey start for you? Well, Scott probably told you that he worked at United Healthcare and he was managing the agents there for quite a few years. And all along the way, he kept telling me that I should I should be an agent because he saw how much money they were making and how successful they were. And and he was on the other side of things. And he kept saying, you just ought to, you ought to do this part time. So after our youngest went to kindergarten, he he definitely strong armed, armed me. Wow! I was not <laughs> I was not the one who decided to do it, but he kind of you know we thought well we can do this a little bit part time on the side because my main goal was still to be able to be at home with my kids and I still wanted to send them off to school in the morning and be home when they came home in the afternoon and not miss any basketball games or any of the outside activities that they have going on. So I I took about a month to get through the uh, te- the testing. Took my test, didn't pass with flying colors, so I figured I, I needed a lot of work. But I had Scott to actually help train me, and that was awesome. So I got my license, and then every time I would go to an appointment, you know, he would kind of be there ready and kind of coach me along the way to help me out in case I had questions. And one of the funniest things is I got my license in like beginning of the summer and my first policy that I wrote was my dad. And I kind of timed that so that my dad wouldn't fire me because <laughs> I knew if I messed up, he would at least be understanding. So I wrote him and I wrote one more policy and kind of got helped along the way through that one. And then annual enrollment started and Scott at the time had a kiosk. Um, that one of his manager or agents was going to work. And for whatever reason, that agent ended up backing out of the kiosk. And it was right down the street from my house. So one day he said, he said, you know, hop in the car with me. We've got to go check out this kiosk. I just got to make sure it's up and going. This was right before AEP starts. You had no intention of working I the had kiosk? No, yes. Oh, okay. Nothing all right. I just all. want to get that out, the, out of the air right there. Yeah. <laughs> and he went down. Uh, it was actually at a Walgreens and went down. And as we're standing there, he's looking around at the kiosk, making sure that it's set up correctly and that whole bit. And a lady walks up to the kiosks and starts asking questions. And I look at Scott to basically have him go ahead and answer these questions for this lady. And he looks at me and he like pushes me up. He's like, go ahead. <laughs> and it was like baptism by fire because I had wow. to jump right in and answer questions. And I... I know I didn't know a ton at the time, but looking back, it was probably a good thing that I had it that way because it forced me to get probably out of my comfort zone a little bit. I had to be there. I was required to kind of learn on my feet as I went. 
And then I could come home and I could ask him questions or, you know, what should I have done in this case? I know I would have done better now knowing what I know, but you have, you, you don't know what you don't know and you have to kind of jump into it and just try it out. And it's kind of scary, but finally, when I did write my first policy, I came home and I think I was more proud than he was because I was like, I actually did it. I did it on my own. And that's the, the motivation to go out and do it again, for sure. You know, I, t- I do a podcast that you want to have success as bad as you want oxygen. And, yeah. and there's people that stand on the sidelines thinking they need to know everything before they can actually go out and present or do anything and that's a mistake. Oh, I mean, for sure. you, you think about riding a bike, you don't sit there and analyze how to ride a bike and then jump on. I mean, you just go for it yeah. and you're going to get bruised and yep. you're going to get beat up. Mm-hmm. But you guess what? You jump back on or you don't. Oh, I mean, for sure. And you won't get anywhere if you don't jump back on. Yeah. And we have some agents now who that's been their hindering block because they don't know everything and they feel like until they do know everything, they can't get into it. And we had one particular agent who she came to our meetings when we lived back East for quite a few years and set up the bulk of our agency there. And she was sweet as could be. She was a former dentist and she was doing this on the side and she would come faithfully and ask questions, but she would never jump in. And I take action. She didn't, she didn't. And it, I don't know where she is now. She ended up leaving. I think it's super sad because I think she had the, in her mind, it was right. But until she actually takes action, it's not going to do any good. You know it all and sit at home. You bring up a good point. You know, Scott left the corporate world because I think, you know, at some point in the corporate world, you can only go so high Mm -hmm. or you can, you're capped out on maybe the, the income you can make. Or you have to sacrifice more time to mm-hmm. to, co- to climb the corporate ladders, which takes you away from your family. And I know you and Scott are great family people. You know, I got. I was just kind of curious. So Scott comes home to you and says, "Hey, you know, I was offered this opportunity, but it comes with one requirement: we got to move." Tell me what your thoughts were there, because I, I still, you know, I admire that. I mean, that that you're talking jumping in with both feet here just a second ago. Yeah. That is like you burned the ships there. We did. You burned them. He did. He um, so and he probably told you that we had been um, he was actually looking at a few different job opportunities mm-hmm. and. Part of the reason he was looking at these other opportunities is because he was actually getting really, really stressed in the corporate world. He probably mentioned that, that he was having panic attacks because what you... Oh, he did not. Because what you did the day prior is only as good as yesterday. And tomorrow's a new day and you are starting from ground zero again until you reach what we want. You're only as good as what you did that day. So he was kind of looking at maybe doing something else and had these different options And when he came in to talk to Ron and had quite a few other options, Ron had not previously even thought about offering him a position, but just, you know, there on the spot said, why don't you come work for me? And it does come with the one stipulation that you'd have to move back east to set up an, an agency on the east coast and get a footprint on the east coast. And he called me after he talked to Ron and he was really super excited because oh. <laughs> that's a, I mean, that's, yeah. that's a flattering thing. Wouldn't somebody want to hear that? I think he was nervous. And I, I of course, was 
but I think my job probably hit the ground because I was like, absolutely not. There's no way we can't we can't move. You we got kids. You got a house. We you're established. You're, you're, yeah. We've got friends, and 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 our position, our situation was not bad. We had a great we had a, we had a great living. We were doing fine, but you know we had to really process it a lot. <laughs> And it was even more difficult because it's not just like you have a position in Raleigh, North Carolina, go find a house there. It was choose one of five states and start an agency somewhere. From which, ground zero. From ground zero. By yourself. Which was incredibly, a lot of faith involved with that one for sure. Um, and we did fly out and we kind of looked around at different states. And I remember driving, I think we were driving from Virginia back to North Carolina and I was bawling because I was kind of like, I Freak knew a little bit. Yeah, 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 I knew this was happening. I knew it was right, but also like absolutely terrified. And we ended up, you know, choosing North Carolina to plant our feet. And Scott was kind of working between between home and and North Carolina, flying back and forth, and ended up just you know starting out knocking on doors of agencies, seeing if they wanted to jump into the Medicare world. And we eventually moved out there, and and it was great, and it was a good experience. I don't regret it a bit, but it was a lot of hard work, and it was we learned that we're tougher than we think, and we can do more than we think, but it's it's hard work. I did mine a little different. I was on a plane, and Scott and I talked. Uh, what would what would it rather be? That. You know, would you rather move and burn your ship, or you know, I was a, a weekend dad, right? So for two years, I was on a plane. So I don't know what to this. I don't regret it. I right. mean, I'm where I'm where I'm at today because I did that. Um, I'm glad to hear you don't regret it. So if you're, you know, you're a stay-at-home mom, you know, you've got kids and so on. What would you tell them that? I mean, it seems to me that I'm getting a lot more people that want to come and do something part-time and still make mm-hmm. a good living and make an impact. Especially that stay-at-home mom that you know the kids are all now in kindergarten. What do I do next? They really can't go out and get a high-paying job because they may not have the schooling or the, the experience. A mm-hmm. lot changes in a decade. What oh, would sure. you What would you say to give some advice to those people listening today? Oh, so I actually, it's funny you bring that up because I was at a basketball tournament with my son over the weekend in Kansas, and one of the moms on his team happened, you know, she knew we owned a Medicare agency and we did Medicare and she kept saying to me, I want to talk to you about what you guys do. And so we ended up between games sitting and we chatted for about an hour and that's exactly what she's, the position that she is in. She is a stay-at-home mom. Her kids are all in school and she has talked with her husband numerous times about different things to do. And she kind of does a little bit of a part-time sub type of a thing. She goes, you know, I'd like make $15 an hour. Probably a school crossing guard, right? <laughs> no, I, I see that a lot. School crossing guard or lunch lady. Right, you know, right. There's- that's, and it's a lot of time. It's a big commitment to schedule out that time every single day for what they get paid. And she said, you know, I've looked at doing real estate. I've looked at um, doing more of the teaching type of a thing. And she said, it's not that we necessarily need a lot more money. Of course, as kids get older, life becomes more expensive. But she said it just is something for me to do outside of cooking, cleaning, taking care of kids, being a chauffeur. <laughs> she said, yeah. I got it down. Yeah. I know how to get grass stains out of a shirt. <laughs> but I need to I need something else a little something more social gives her some fulfillment. Fulfilling yeah. Completely. And so she said, What do you do? And I explained exactly what I told you, you know, how we got into this. And 
it's amazing to see the wheels as you start talking about it, the wheels start turning a little bit. And Scott and I have said many times in this industry, it has to simmer. And even for us, I think it had to simmer a little bit, that idea of going a completely different direction on your own. But it's amazing how many times people come back to you a year or two or more later and say, you know what, I kind of like this idea because we can still be at home. We can still raise our kids. We can still be a mom, but at the same time feel like we have this other side of it where we are getting this self-fulfillment and doing a good job outside of it. And not only that, but we're helping people who really genuinely need it. That's right. And that right there, I mean, you know the jobs that you do just because you have to do it. You're never, you'll, you won't last. The jobs where you feel like you're actually helping somebody are the ones you receive that, that self-fulfillment. Any last minute advice, anything else you'd like to share with the audience before we close out the show here? I just know I would never go back to a nine to five job. I think I've been ruined. Wow. You probably have too. Yeah. Just to be on somebody else's schedule, someone else's thumb. We actually had an agent when we very first started, first year or two, they had been working really hard and they called us one day and said, can I just take a vacation? I'm uh, so burned they, out. They're asking you for yeah, a vacation and they're independent. Wow, that's yeah, funny. Yeah. Wow. We were like, that's well, just, of course uh, you can take it. Yeah, go. It's, we're not your boss. Go, wow. go ahead. Take a, take a break. And I love that, that I, when we want to take a break, if we want to go on vacation, we can do it at any time. And we're still getting money in on the side. Yeah. And that peace of mind when you're raising a family is huge. Yeah. Things aren't getting any cheaper, no. you know, with oh, the state no. of the economy and things are at. Stephanie, I really appreciate you being on the show today. Um, and uh, if there's anything else you'd like to say, if not, we'll close this out. Go. We're going to close it out. <laughs> As always, thank you for listening. Share, like, and subscribe. And everybody, make it a great day. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Type Radio Way. As always, share, like, and subscribe. Um, go to Instagram at ty.r.brady. And as always, love hearing from you. And let me know what you want to learn on the show or what you'd like me to bring up on the show. Thanks. You can find the Ty Brady Way on Instagram as well as Facebook. To stay connected with giveaways and Ty himself, go ahead and follow at ty.r.brady on Instagram as well as Facebook. This podcast was recorded, edited, and produced by Whitney Face Media Marketing. The theme music is an excerpt from Hot Chicken of the Woods by Isaac Joel. Welcome back.